0: We're glad to have you join us as we worship together as the Erie United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Katie. Our gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 45. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her bro- brother Lazarus was ill. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and you are going to go there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him Thomas who was called the twin said to his fellow disciples let us also go that we may die with him when Jesus arrived he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days now Bethany was near Jerusalem some two miles away and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, they live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, "'Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died.'" So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be precious in your hearing this day. So, we've now been living in a world we couldn't have imagined for a few weeks. It's strange. It's not what we would have chosen, but it is how we are caring for and protecting the people whom God created, Jesus loves, and the Holy Spirit empowers. This is the church being the church in ways that are new and different for us, but we are adapting. And thankfully, we have the technology to be able to do so. This morning, we find ourselves in the midst of another long story from the Gospel of John. We hear about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, our sibling group who we know are good friends with Jesus. They've been together before, our text even telling us that Mary was the one who anointed Jesus with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Their friendship clearly was a close one. These were not the, I'll try to get a hold of you the next time I'm in town kind of friends. These were the ones that you would contact ahead of time and make arrangements to stay with so that you could stay up late and talk long after dinner had been served. We find out, though, through the course of the story that Lazarus has died after an illness. His sisters had tried to contact Jesus before he died, But Jesus didn't come quickly to see him. As we read Jesus' response, it seems kind of cruel to Lazarus' sisters. It would be their emotions that would go through the wringer. It would be their grief that would end up on display for the whole community. And if Jesus would just go see Lazarus sooner, they wouldn't have to go through all of that. But what Mary and Martha have to undergo emotionally is not the first thing on Jesus' mind. God's glory is. And so he finishes doing what he was doing where he was. And when Jesus does decide that it's finally time to return, his disciples try to talk him out of it. They know that his friend has been ill. They've heard this same message from the women. But they know that Jesus' life is at risk in that place and that he was almost stoned the last time that he was there. Is it really such a good idea to go back there? They, they caution Jesus. But Jesus knows that it isn't his time And that God has something amazing planned for when they go back, so they return. They return to a place where death is real. They return to a place where grief is thick. Mary and Martha have real emotions about all of this. Vernice Miles describes it this way. The finality of death, she writes, deepens The grief of Mary and Martha and their disappointment that Jesus has not arrived until now. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha and Mary consider Jesus a friend and believe that God would have honored his requests if Jesus had just arrived sooner. They trust him as a teacher, a healer, a miracle worker, and they believe him to be the Messiah come from God. They unquestionably anticipate the resurrection of the dead on the last day, and they look forward to uniting with their brother Lazarus again. However, they have no experiential reference to support Jesus' self identification as the resurrection and the life. This is new information for them. They've never seen anything like this before, they've never heard anyone say anything like this before. Jesus is speaking of resurrection as a present reality. I am. Leaving Martha, Mary, and their whole community skeptical and yet fascinated with this possibility of new life. They really don't know what to do with Jesus' words, let alone his emotions. Jesus weeps with Mary and presumably Martha too. The Jewish community who has gathered around because this group of siblings was seemingly an important part of their community, they notice too that he weeps. And they comment, see how he loved him. John Rolofson helps us to understand about which kind of love this is. He writes, this is a telling choice of vocabulary, inasmuch as the Greek word for love used here is not the verb form of the expected agape, selfless, self-giving love of which the Johannine corpus is so fond. Rather, Jesus' love for his friend Lazarus is philia, the common everyday Greek word for friendship, human affection, or deep feeling. That ordinary human love that we have for our friends. Jesus weeps for his close friends who are feeling grief. Right now, our world is undergoing strange circumstances. We are figuring out life on a day-to-day basis and we are reminding each other not to touch our faces, to sanitize by washing or using hand sanitizer after touching any shared public surface like a light switch or a gas pump, and we are staying home and limiting the people that we have physical contact with. The truth of these circumstances, though, brings its own level of grief to our lives. We miss life the way we knew it. We miss the hugs and the physical connections with our friends and extended families. We miss the regular routines that allowed us to interact with the world without the extreme fear that has entered our lives. But this morning we hear in our scriptures that Jesus is with us just as he was with Mary and Martha and even Lazarus in our text he is our friend too sometimes it can feel like the timing's off like he didn't come when we demanded but the truth is he always arrives at just the right time to do what will bring the glory of god to our world not necessarily what we were asking for but what will glorify god Now, in the midst of all of this, we have to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to get too far down in that fear department. A friend and colleague, Reverend Paula Cripps Viejo, wrote a parable about fear based on the temptation of Jesus that we heard just a few weeks ago. A parable for a pandemic based on Luke 1 through 13, the temptation of Jesus. She writes, And God's people, full of the Holy Spirit, took some time to remember their baptism. The same baptism that Jesus received in the River Jordan. The baptism that calls us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Especially in times of chaos and fear god's people god's people had to self-isolate as a form of social solidarity and it reminded them of their friend and savior jesus who regularly took 40 days or more to self-isolate and reconnect with god through spiritual disciplines such as prayer and fasting as evil does we know this as evil does it showed up to god's people sensing their fear in this pandemic and said If you are God's people, you will hoard everything for yourselves. You will force others to go without because your needs are way more important than the needs of others in your community. But God's people will reply, God has always and will always give us our daily bread. We will only take what we need and we will make sure that those who are most vulnerable have what they need. But evil tried again. It was not going to give in that easily to God's people. Look at all these cheap flights. Just go travel. You are young and fearless. Or if you cannot travel, you are just so healthy. Just keep on going out to those bars and gatherings for entertainment. And who cares if you carry the coronavirus? You will not get sick. And again, God's people replied, I don't think I am God. Actually, I know I am not God. Not only is my life fragile, but my community depends on me to do my part to keep healthy, especially those who are most vulnerable. I will practice self-isolation as an act of social solidarity because we are all a part of the same global family. Also, not only am I not God, it is worshiping false gods to think that my life doesn't impact others. That goes against the commandment to worship only God and never myself. But evil is cunning. And evil wanted to try one more thing, so it said, Ha ha, but you, you are covered by the blood of Jesus. Well, at least you say that. And if that is so, if that is so, why in the world would you stay home, not have church? Why would you cancel everything? Hasn't Jesus paid the price? And God's people, well, God's people, they were tempted for a moment. But then they said, yes, yes, I am covered by the blood of Jesus and have eternal life through it. But, but evil. One key part of my faith is not to test God and why would i expose others to a test when the wisdom of god that the wisdom that god has given our medical professionals is that we can flatten the curve of the pandemic is if we self isolate for now we can be saved by the blood of jesus and listen to the wisdom of the cdc stop saying social isolation in a time of pandemics is an act of fear it is an act of faith for me and for all of god's community And so evil went away for a little while. We have to remember that while we are in the midst of this pandemic, we are doing our best not to test God, to not put other lives at risk, to stay connected as a community of faith, to reach out and make sure that others feel that connection too. Because Jesus is our friend Jesus is with us now and always. Jesus wept with those he loved because he knew them. And then he shared the glory of God in their lives in ways beyond their imagining. If we are faithful and look around, we will still see the glory of God during this time. And then we can serve Jesus in this world so that others too will see the glory of god during this stretch of time where we are reaching out and connecting via the internet or old-fashioned snail mail or driving by and waving to people through their windows we will come out the other side of this no matter when the end comes amen As we move into our prayer time, I invite you to bow your heads in an attitude of prayer as we pray our prayer of confession. Out of the depths we cry to you, O God. Hear our prayers, the confession of our neglect, the admission of our desire to rule in your place. Like the house of Israel in Ezekiel's time, we are cut off from communion with you. We are like dead people going through the motions of living, We cry out for forgiveness and a new start. We long to know you and to live in reverence before you. Watch over the cares that we give you now in this time of silent confession. By your steadfast love, redeem us from our iniquities and raise us up to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus says to us, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? Arise in faith and trust knowing that God will give life to our mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in us and among us. We are not slaves to the flesh. God has made us to be instruments of self-giving love who find life by giving it away. As God has invested in us, we are free to invest ourselves in ministry to others. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And we continue in prayer. Lord God, we come to you just as we always do, trusting that you will carry us no matter what. We trust that you are connecting us through virtual means today, just as you you have done with the communion of saints through the ages. We know that we have been connected to all who have gone before us, and today we are connected to each other through the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to pause during this time to thank you for the ability we have to give thanks for for who you are and that you care for our world, no matter our circumstances. Lord, we pray for our community. Some are completely closed off from visitors. Others of us are making only necessary trips to grocery stores, while still others of us have jobs that help keep this world moving so that the rest of us can hunker down at home. And still others have completely lost their jobs. We all have different circumstances that we face. We thank you for those who continue to serve during this time, making themselves vulnerable for all of us. We pray for those who are sick and ask you to help them to heal in body and in spirit. Be with their families as they do their best to come alongside during this season of separation. Be with those who are still finding joy in this world and are struggling to celebrate. Help us all to find ways that we can find joy in the midst of our daily lives. We continue to pray for Pastor Tiffany and her family as they prepare to move to Erie. Please work in their lives to make this transition time as easy on them as possible. Work in the lives of our church family to welcome them and help them to work together to grow the kingdom of God in this place. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught all of his disciples to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As I usually do at this point in the worship service, I will invite you to continue to give in response to a God who is abundantly generous with us. We invite you to continue to mail your offerings to the church to P.O. Box 616 in Erie or to uh, set us up as a a regular bill pay through your uh, electronic uh, banking system. And now may we go forth as beloved children of God, who trust that Jesus is our friend. He weeps weeps with us, he walks with us, and he cares for us. He will get us through this time. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace.